Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Friday, December 29th. And I am so, I am so very excited to share what I have to say about sports today. I feel like a caged animal. I took Monday and Wednesday off. I was up north visiting my family in Seattle. And I just, oh, I have so much to talk about. I'm so very excited. I, I feel like we missed a lot this week. And so I'm excited to catch up and share some of the stories. We're going to talk a lot today about the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Patriots obviously made a huge mistake. We'll break down what that mistake was. It's all We know it's Jimmy Garoppolo, so we'll talk about that in depth. I also want to talk about Earl Thomas. So my favorite football team is the Seattle Seahawks. And after the game last week, Earl Thomas went up to the Cowboys head coach and said, Hey, come get me. I'm going to tell you where I fall on that. Do I think that was a good thing, a bad thing? Why or why not? We're also going to do NFL Buy or Sell. This is the playoff edition. We're going to predict who will make it into the playoffs. You remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. I put my full entire podcast on YouTube. I also put my best, most interesting clips. Share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share a link. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter. Tell your friends about it face-to-face, whatever it is. And whatever we're doing, it's working. We have had monstrous growth on YouTube. I didn't put up a video this week, and we got 65 new subscribers. So it's, it's going really well. I'm really excited for the future growth of Strong Opinion Sports. I want to, so something happened last week. Something happened last week in the NFL that no one, no one seems to understand how big of a deal it was. Last week, Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and their fantastic defense 44-33. This is a huge, huge deal. People don't seem to be appreciating it as much as I have. I've been sitting here all week licking my chomps, ready to tell you about why this is so exciting. This is impressive for two major reasons. The first reason is this. The Jaguars are like a Lamborghini. The Jaguars have a great defense, good offensive weapons, talent all around. The Jaguars are a fantastic football team. In contrast, the San Francisco 49ers are basically a Toyota Corolla. A Toyota Corolla has no business hanging out around in a race with a Lamborghini. Toyota Corollas are slow. They're not as good. They're not as gifted as a Lamborghini. Jimmy Garoppolo beat a Lamborghini in a race while driving a Toyota Corolla. That is absolutely fantastic. We need to appreciate Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is doing things that are just out of this world. It's ungodly. It's crazy. But the second reason we need to be impressed and excited about this win is this. This game wasn't, in spite of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo beat the amazing Jacksonville defense, the truth was... This was not just Jimmy Garoppolo who beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was great, but so was the rest of the 49ers football team. And that is what hope does. Hope has this crazy effect. When you have hope that you can succeed and you can see it in your brain, it changes the way you prepare and the way you perform. This is what happened. This is how much of an effect Jimmy Garoppolo had on the San Francisco 49ers. Their average roster with not a lot of great players was able to compete and elevate their play to compete with a great roster in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two running backs had touchdowns. There was a pick six. The entire 49ers team played with some kind of electricity. That is the effect of Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't even have to play outstanding to have an effect on everyone else. When you have hope... When you believe that you can compete and you can win a football game, it does wonders. 
Everybody on the 49ers roster performed better last week because they had Jimmy Garoppolo on their football team and they thought they had a chance. And having a chance is such an important part of the battle. If you ever tell me again, quarterbacks are overrated, you are absolutely insane. What is happening in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo is unbelievable. Jimmy Garoppolo's effect is not just with his, his own play. He's actually affecting everyone around him. And the full entire 49ers franchise has been elevated and is playing better because of Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a huge deal. The 49ers playing well, beating the Jaguars, has ramifications that are we're going to see everywhere. Now the Seahawks need to be on alert that the, the 49ers are for real. They have a great quarterback that can kick their ass if they are not ready. The Rams are they're fantastic. The Rams are really good. So the NFC is really interesting now because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is legitimate. And Jimmy Garoppolo can elevate everyone around him so they can win games. Again, the average roster, the Toyota Corolla that is the 49ers, won a race against a Lamborghini. The Lamborghini that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jimmy Garoppolo is fantastic. And we cannot understate what happened. Jimmy Garoppolo beating the Jacksonville Jaguars is a huge deal. And hey, people, are, people are excited about it. It's a bigger deal than people are even making it out to be. I am so excited for the future of the San Francisco 49ers. And, and I think it's time to start asking the question, is Jimmy Garoppolo a top-tier quarterback? Here's what I mean. I, I list There are four tiers of NFL quarterbacks. The top tier are guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That it does not matter who you put around them, Every single year you have a guy like this on your roster, they can compete for a Super Bowl. The next tier down is guys that can still win a Super Bowl, but they need a lot of help. Tier two guys need a lot of help if they want to win a Super Bowl. The third tier of quarterbacks cannot win a Super Bowl, but they can win you a lot of games. Guys like Andy Dalton or Matt Stafford. The next level down is absolute trash. If you are a fourth tier quarterback, if you're a fourth tier quarterback, you cannot win games in the NFL and you're irrelevant. Nobody cares about you. So Jimmy Garoppolo could definitely win you a Super Bowl. He's at least a tier two quarterback, but could he be a top tier quarterback? Could Jimmy Garoppolo be a guy, a tier one quarterback that can elevate everyone around him and make your teams uh, viable and have a chance to win a Super Bowl, no matter who you put on the roster? Guys like, again, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I think you can make an argument for that. If you put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Texans, yeah, he can win a lot of games. But how much help does he need? The Jaguars game was pretty clear. Jimmy Garoppolo did not need a lot of help to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. He elevated everyone around him. It's super early. I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is up there with the best quarterbacks in the NFL after just four starts. Three, four, I don't know what it is. But right now, he's playing incredible. I think it's four starts. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's, it's early, right? But by definition... By definition of what makes a quarterback a top-tier quarterback, you can make a really compelling argument that Jimmy Garoppolo could be a top-tier quarterback. Because let's be honest, if we restart the season right now and play 16 new games, the 49ers are not only in the playoffs, but have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And that is solely because of Jimmy Garoppolo and the way he has elevated everybody around him. Remember, a top-tier quarterback is a guy. No matter who you have around him on the roster— your team has a chance to compete for a Super Bowl because of your quarterback. That's a description of Jimmy Garoppolo, right, wrong, or indifferent. That sounds a lot like a description of Jimmy Garoppolo. And in fact, Carlos Hyde even agrees with me. Carlos Hyde, the 49ers running back, talked about, if we could restart the season, we would compete for a Super Bowl. We would have a chance. 
So again, it's still early. It is still far too early. I would rather see one more season before we declare Jimmy Garoppolo up there with the top quarterbacks in the NFL. However, you can make a compelling argument that Jimmy Garoppolo is a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. What do you think? Let me know in the comments. I'm very curious what you think. I I think, again, you can make a compelling argument. Jimmy Garoppolo may just be one of the top quarterbacks in the entire NFL already after just four starts. I want to move on to Tom Brady. So the New England Patriots made a very conscious decision to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo. They made their choice. They chose to, instead of trade Tom Brady, they traded Jimmy Garoppolo. They chose the current uh, guy here and now instead of the future. So I do not date people I work with. I'm very, very cautious. If I see a girl I like and I work with, it immediately writes them off the table. Because in my opinion, personal relationships often hurt and affect business. There's a difference, right? They're business relationships and personal relationships, dating or not. Look at the, the Lakers recently. The Lakers are owned by the Buss family. And we saw Jeannie Buss and her brother, I think John, Jim Buss, Jim Buss and Jeannie Buss were having trouble and having problems. That is because they have a personal relationship. Family businesses have this problem all the stinking time. You see personal relationships get in the way of business relationships. That is because business relationships aren't always nice. You don't do things that are good for the person. You do things that are best for the entire franchise, best for the business. So I heard a theory recently, and I'm going to elaborate on it, that the personal relationship between Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, and Tom Brady, the Patriots quarterback, affected the decision making. So someone alluded to the fact that Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady. The, the theory is that Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady and Robert Kraft said no. He was very close with Tom Brady. He said that's not even a discussion. So Bill Belichick, again, probably wanted to trade Tom Brady and he got overruled by the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. It's very possible. Very, very possible. That's very likely and makes sense. I think, honestly, trading Tom Brady would have been the smart move. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that can play for you for the next 10 years Tom Brady's over 40, so uh, it's really concerning. I would be very worried if my quarterback was 40 years old. I don't know anybody who's 40 years old and is in better shape and better physical condition than when they were 20. Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think, 27. Yeah, I would rather have the 27-year-old or the 26-year-old than a guy who's 40. I don't care who you are. And right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well. So I honestly believe the Patriots made a big mistake, but that is why Tom Brady was not traded. The belief is Tom Brady was not traded because he had a personal relationship with Robert Kraft. And Robert Kraft told Bill Belichick, you cannot trade him. So the the rest of that theory is that Bill Belichick said, screw you. It's very sad to me because I wanted to find out whether or not, who who is more important, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And it looks like we're never going to find out. Because I honestly think... Bill Belichick could win even more if we got rid of Tom Brady with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I think Bill Belichick could win games without Tom Brady. It's very clear. But I think we're never going to find out. So despite Robert Kraft, because Robert Kraft stepped into his decision and said, you can't trade Tom Brady. I believe Bill Belichick, the Patriots head coach, said, all right, screw you. You're not going to support me. I'm going to trade away your future. I'm going to ruin your future because you're hurting my legacy. So again, personal relationships. I don't date people at work. Be very careful in family businesses because personal relationships make it weird when you try to have business relationships with those same people. And it's pretty 
pretty likely and very possible that Robert uh, Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner's personal relationship with Tom Brady, affected the Patriots' decision making, which is why Tom Brady's still in a Patriots uniform and Jimmy Garoppolo is shipped, shipped off to San Francisco. So did the Patriots make a big mistake? Did the Patriots completely screw up the Jimmy Garoppolo situation? Should they have held on to Tom Brady and should they have traded Tom Brady and held on to Jimmy Garoppolo instead of trading Jimmy Garoppolo away? I, I, I think they did screw up. So I'm pretty weird. I'm 20 years old and I know exactly what I want to do. And my friends often ask me for advice because, again, I'm weird. I have a plan. I have purpose. I know what I want to do with my life. A lot of my friends do not. And so they often ask, they, a lot of my friends have been recently considering taking time off of college. And, and I took time off of college. College for me, uh, I, I didn't want to waste my time. I wanted to be there with purpose. And so taking a year and a half off was exactly what I needed to do. However, when my friends say, I want to take time off of college, I ask them this. I say, well, what's your plan? What are you trying to do? What is your plan? Because even if your plan is to take time off like, and figure out what your plan actually is, that's still a plan. Does that make sense? If you leave college because you don't know what your plan is and you want to figure out what your plan is, technically that's still a plan. What you don't want to be is someone who's aimlessly making decisions, working at Starbucks or taking college classes with no idea what your purpose is and where you are headed. Right now, the New England Patriots have no plan. They do not have a plan. After Tom Brady leaves, the Patriots have no idea what they are doing. That is why you should have traded Tom Brady instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. In six years, we'll see. We will look back in six years and when, the, when the San Francisco 49ers are busy winning Super Bowls in six years and the Patriots are 6-10, and 10, we're going to look back at this Jimmy Garoppolo trade and say that was a huge mistake. Even, even if the Patriots win another Super Bowl this season, the Patriots made a big mistake. They should have held on to Jimmy Garoppolo because they do not have a contingency plan for the future. I used to work in a movie theater. The biggest problem, you know that guy at the movie theater who doesn't know why he's at the movie theater? Like if you ask him, hey man, why do you work here? He can't even say because I'm trying to figure out my plan. He just says, I don't know. I have no idea why I work here. I hate this job and I don't have a plan for my life. Remember, trying to figure out what your plan is is still having a plan. If you have no idea, if you can't even answer the question, why are you here? You have no semblance of a plan. And that is where the New England Patriots will be in five to four to five to maybe six years. The Patriots do not have a plan after Jimmy Garopp, after Tom Brady, and that's a big, big problem. I think the Patriots butchered the Jimmy Garoppolo situation and should have held on to Jimmy Garoppolo and traded away instead Tom Brady. You would have got more value. A team, a team like the San Francisco 49ers would have gladly would have happily taken Tom Brady. Their ticket sales would have shot up. The Jacksonville Jaguars would love to have Tom Brady. But because they are stupid, they seem to really screw it up. The Patriots have no plan for the future because they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo and when they should have gotten rid of Tom Brady. So I said the New England Patriots should have traded away Tom Brady and kept Jimmy Garoppolo. However, I don't believe that New England was the best place for Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better off in San Francisco. So the movie Star Wars just came out, and a lot of people hated it. I love Star Wars, but here's why a lot of people did not like it, and I'm not going to spoil it. The word expectations. People's expectations ran absolutely wild. How do you live up to Star Wars? 
Star Wars is the biggest and, in my opinion, the best franchise of all time. No matter what movie they put out, a lot of people are going to hate it because it's Star Wars and they have a preconceived idea of what they want. That is the same problem Jimmy Garoppolo would have run into in New England. No matter what Jimmy Garoppolo did in New England, it would have never been enough. New England fans would have been ungrateful. They would have been comparing him to Tom Brady. It would have been a long, difficult career for Jimmy Garoppolo. In San Francisco, he's a fresh start. San Francisco fans are grateful. San Francisco fans are hungry for hope and want to win. Jimmy Garoppolo is a better fit in San Francisco and has found a better home than he could have ever found in New England. San Francisco is absolutely the place Jimmy Garoppolo should be. In fact, you could say that Jimmy Garoppolo could have accomplished the exact same things. If Jimmy Garoppolo has the exact same career in San Francisco that he would have had in New England, it will still be better received in San Francisco because the fan base would have appreciated him even more. People in San Francisco are better off, and Jimmy Garoppolo is better off in San Francisco than he could have ever been in New England because of expectations. People's expectations were running absolutely wild. They would have compared Jimmy Garoppolo to Tom Brady for the rest of his life. We probably still will do that, but it's going to be a lot less harsh and a lot less amplified because he will be in San Francisco. We're going to hear a lot of Joe Montana and Steve Young stuff, but we're not going to hear as many Tom Brady comparisons because he's not playing for the New England Patriots. And because it's farther removed from Joe Montana and Steve Young, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be just fine. He is better off in San Francisco than if he had stayed in New England because, once again, people's expectations will have run wild and they would not have treated Jimmy Garoppolo fairly in New England. Jimmy Garoppolo is better off in San Francisco as a 49er. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I'm going to talk about the Georgia-Oklahoma game on New Year's Day. We're going to talk about Bama. We're going to talk about Clemson. I'm going to predict what will happen in the college football playoff. I'm going to talk about Eli Manning. Again, Earl Thomas, a player from my favorite football team, the Seattle Seahawks, told the Cowboys coach, come get me. So was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? That debate is coming up. I'm also going to do NFL buy or sell. I'm going to predict who will make the NFL playoffs. There's a lot. There's good stuff ahead. I'm so very excited. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Google Play is coming very soon. I'm about to put it on Spotify. You can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share this with your friends. I'm so excited. We're really, we're building something. It's really, really exciting. The YouTube subscribers have gone up. They've almost doubled in the last week, and I barely even put any content out. So continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow. Help me continue to chase my passion and chase my dream. Thank you so very much. I will be right back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. All right, I'm back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. We just had Christmas, and Christmas for me was a great time. I got to see my grandma, someone who I haven't seen in a really long time up north in Seattle. It was just awesome. It was a, a great time to visit with my family. I also got to watch my sister's boyfriend open a gift. So my sister's boyfriend is a welder, which means his clothes are often ripped and burned and he has holes in them. And he wears a coat. My sister's boyfriend wears a special coat when he welds because, again, it's hot. He needs something for heat protection. And my sister's boyfriend got a new coat this year. The reason why my sister's boyfriend got a new coat is because his old coat had holes and was burned and it was time to replace it. His old coat was no longer effective and got the job done.
Now, for a while, his, his old coat had, had holes and all kinds of little rips, but eventually the holes got so bad that you couldn't use it anymore. The jacket was no longer viable for him to be successful. Eli Manning is that old coat. Eli Manning has just deteriorated so much, you can no longer win games with him in the NFL. I watched this weekend, I watched the Cardinals and Giants game. Eli Manning's awful. Eli Manning is absolutely atrocious. You know, I'm not going to lie. Eli Manning's body isn't just deteriorating. He's making terrible, bad decisions. Eli Manning cannot win you games in the NFL. I'm not even sure if he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars that he would be any better than where he is now. Again, it's it's because his body isn't deteriorating. I mean, his body isn't great. He's not mobile. His arm isn't as strong as maybe it once was. But he's also making really bad decisions. And when you start making bad decisions in the NFL, I don't know what to say to you. Because then it's no longer just a physical problem. You're not, only old, you're not only making problems because you're old and your body's breaking down. He's not making the right decisions. It's like he's no longer the same quarterback. He's absolutely awful. I have no belief and no faith anymore in Eli Manning. I think Eli Manning is very similar to, again, my sister's boyfriend's old coat. It's old. It's broken down. You can't use it anymore. And it's time to replace Eli Manning with a new quarterback. Just like it was time to replace that old coat. Eli Manning needs to go. And I don't know that he can work anywhere else either. Again, that coat, you can't give that coat to another welder. It wouldn't work. Eli Manning can't go to another football team and still win games. I think Eli Manning's shot. He's just, he's broken down. He's not going to work anymore. I think it's time the NFL moves on from Eli Manning. We, we don't need running quarterbacks, but we need quarterbacks that can be mobile at least a little bit. Eli Manning is not even a little bit mobile. And mentally, he's breaking down. He's making terrible decisions with the football. Once again, Eli Manning is awful, and he cannot win you games in the NFL. All right. I want to talk about the college football playoff. On Monday, we see, we'll see the first round of the college football playoff. Monday is New Year's Day. I'm excited. There's some really, really fantastic and great bowl games, and I'm really excited. Georgia and Oklahoma is going to be a fantastic game. Again, we'll see Georgia and Oklahoma play. And we will see Alabama and Clemson play each other on Monday. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So I want to pick you. Here's what I think is going to happen on Monday. Either Oklahoma will win a close game against Georgia or Georgia will absolutely stomp Oklahoma. So if it's a close game, I think Baker Mayfield gives Oklahoma the edge because Oklahoma has a better quarterback and George, Baker Mayfield will be clutch at the end in the fourth quarter. However, more likely and what I predict will happen is that Georgia will crush Oklahoma. College football is different. College football is not the NFL. College football does not come down to who has the better quarterback. Remember, it's about having a better coach and better athletes. That is who wins in the NFL. That's why Nick Saban has won multiple national championships with terrible quarterbacks that aren't even drafted to the NFL. Here's the breakdown of this game. Kirby Smart is a better coach than Lincoln Riley. And Georgia has better athletes than Oklahoma. The only edge Oklahoma has is that they have a better quarterback than Georgia. But again, once again, quarterbacks are not the key to winning in college football like they are the key to winning in the NFL. So I predict that Georgia is going to stomp and annihilate Oklahoma. I think that could very well happen. Here's what I think is going to happen uh, between Clemson and Alabama. I am picking Clemson to beat Alabama. Here's why. Nick Saban is great against the things he can prepare for. You you can prepare for a lot of things. What you cannot prepare for is a running quarterback. 
That is unpredictable. Guys like Kelly Bryant, the Clemson quarterback. What have we seen Nick Saban be susceptible to losing against in the past? Nick Saban often loses against running quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Johnny Manziel, guys that can move, give Alabama and Nick Saban trouble. They're unpredictable. You cannot prepare for the unscripted plays guys like Russell Wilson and Kelly Bryant make. Kelly Bryant is a mobile quarterback, and that is the difference. That is why I'm picking Clemson to win close against Alabama, because of the mobile quarterback, Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant is absolutely the key to the game between Clemson and Alabama. If Kelly Bryant gets injured, even if he's not knocked out of the game, if he hurts his ankle or something, that's a big problem. So keep your eyes on Kelly Bryant. He is the key to the game between Clemson and Alabama. Again, I am picking Clemson to beat Alabama, and I'm picking Georgia to stomp and crush Oklahoma. If it's a close game, though, I think Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma will pull it out against Georgia. Ultimately, it doesn't matter who wins the Georgia-Oklahoma game because I am picking Clemson to win the national championship. I think realistically, honestly, Georgia might have been the third best team in the SEC. I think Alabama was better, and I think that Auburn was better. I just think that Auburn played a lot of games in a row. They played back-to-back-to-back weeks, and they got burned out. I think Georgia may be the third best team in the SEC, and Clemson absolutely outclasses Georgia. They're athletes. They're the most athletic and best physically dominating team in college football. I think Clemson is going to win the national championship outright. I'm very excited. I can't wait. There are just fantastic, fantastic football games this weekend. It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited. Clemson, Alabama, that's like, I know people are sick of that. People are angry that they keep playing each other every single year. I could not be more thrilled. I love, I love, I love a good football game. And Clemson, Alabama, that's a great, fantastic matchup. And Georgia, Oklahoma's not bad either. I I can't wait to see Baker Mayfield. For the record, I hope it's clear. I'm rooting for Oklahoma. I may say that I think Georgia is going to crush Oklahoma. I really want Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma to win, not only against Georgia. I would love, I would love for nothing more than to see Oklahoma win the national championship. So don't get me wrong. I may be picking Oklahoma to lose, but I hope, I hope I am wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. I would love to see Baker Mayfield not only beat Georgia, but ultimately win a national championship. I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. He's my favorite college football player right now. So hey, call me a hater, whatever you want. I'm rooting for Oklahoma. I just don't believe in them. Can we talk about Earl Thomas? I want to talk about Earl Thomas. So my favorite football team is the Seattle Seahawks. I know I get called a Patriots bandwagon all the time. No, I just appreciate the Patriots. I'm truly a diehard Seattle Seahawks. The WSU Cougs and the Seattle Seahawks. Those are my teams. I'm from Washington. I live in Washington. So I am a fan of the Seattle Seahawks. And last weekend, the Seahawks beat the Cowboys, which officially knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs. And after the game, Earl Thomas, one of the best defensive stars for the Seahawks and their starting safety, runs over to the Dallas Cowboys head coach and says, if y'all have the chance, come get me. Word for word, that's what he said. If y'all have the chance, come get me. Basically, when he defended himself later, he said, yeah, when Seattle's done with me, I want to see if the Cowboys can get me. I want to play for the Cowboys. Oh my goodness, everybody was outraged. Everybody was so, so angry. They could not... And it could not fathom why Earl Thomas would say this. I may be the only person who supports Earl Thomas. Even me, a Seahawks fan, 
a guy whose favorite football team this man plays for, who said he wanted to go play somewhere, who, who didn't say he wanted to go play somewhere else, but he said, hey, if you can get me, I'd like to play for the Cowboys. I'm not outraged. I have no problem in the world with Earl Thomas going up to Jason Garrett and saying, hey, come get me. That's because I am pro player. I support Earl Thomas. Someone I know made the comparison. They said, well, what if Pete Carroll ran up to Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and said, hey, when Seattle's done with me, I'd love to coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's so frustrating that people would even make that comparison. Here is the difference. Here is why that is absolutely silly and completely wrong. Earl Thomas can't cut anyone. Earl Thomas, unlike Pete Carroll, Earl Thomas has no say in what happens to him. Earl Thomas is at the mercy of the people above him. And let's be honest, the Seahawks are probably going to break up their defensive core and trade away guys like Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman this offseason. So yeah, I don't blame Earl Thomas at all. Maybe he loves Seattle, maybe he doesn't. But what's wrong with him wanting to go home? He's from He's from Texas. He went to Texas. Let the guy go play for his favorite football team. What's wrong with that? I have no problem. Again, these guys are at the mercy of everybody above them. These guys have no agency over what happens to them. Unless you're a free agent, you really have no decision where to go. Remember, a football team can cut you anytime they want. So Earl Thomas, I have no problem with that. I'm pro player. And the fact that you're not as silly. Again, I'm a guy who... I like the individual. I, I, I want little guys like me to have agency over them. I'm never going to side with the big company. I'm not going to side with the Seahawks who make a ton of money and don't really care about Earl Thomas. The Seahawks don't care about Earl Thomas. Come on, guys. Seahawks fans are driving me nuts. I can't believe people do not support Earl Thomas even more. I'm a Seahawks fan. And he talked about leaving my favorite football team, yet I still support Earl Thomas because I am pro player. I am pro player movement. I think he should have the agency to go wherever he wants. So look, I, I support Earl Thomas completely. I have no problem with him going up to the Cowboys coach after a game and saying, yeah, hey, come get me. Because uh, let's be honest, this probably happened all the dang time. We just haven't had cameras around to see it. I, I, do I, I, would I rather have been a text? Yeah, it would have been better for PR, but who cares? Earl Thomas won us a Super Bowl. Earl, Earl Thomas has given his heart and soul for Seahawks fans. So to be mad when he's realistic and says, hey, I'm probably going to get traded away. I'd like to go to the Cowboys. Hey, Cowboys, come get me. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all. It's silly and people are being completely unrealistic and completely silly. All right, I want to do NFL Buy or Sell. NFL Buy or Sell is a segment where I pick my favorite football teams every week and I either buy them or I sell them. If I buy you, it's because I believe in you. If I sell you very similar to a stock, I would say, hey, sell that stock. I don't believe in this. Get rid of it. This is NFL buy or sell. This week, I am buying the Seattle Seahawks. I believe the Seahawks will make the playoffs because the Seahawks are going to beat the Cardinals this week. And then I'm selling the Falcons because the Falcons are playing the Panthers. Here's what it takes for the Seahawks to make the playoffs. The Seahawks have to beat the Cardinals, and the Falcons have to lose to the Panthers. That is exactly what I think will happen. I think the Falcons are going to lose to the Panthers because the Panthers are hungry and want to knock their division rivals out of the playoffs. The Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. I'm buying the Seahawks and selling the Falcons. I'm buying the Ravens. The Ravens play the Bengals, and if the Ravens beat the Bengals, the Ravens make the playoffs. That is what is going to happen. The Ravens will go 10-6 and, and make the playoffs. I'm selling the Titans. 
The Jaguars are not resting their starters. The Titans play the Jaguars this week. The Jaguars are far better. I think Marcus Mariota cannot compete with a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I am picking the Jaguars to beat the Titans, and I am selling the Titans. I'm also selling the Bills. The Bills play the Dolphins, and I don't have a good reason. I just don't believe in the Bills. I think the Bills are going to screw it up, and I think the Dolphins are going to play spoiler and knock out the Bills. And for that reason, I am buying the Chargers. The Chargers will beat the Raiders at home this week, and because the Bills will lose, and because the Titans will lose, the Chargers will make the playoffs this year and make the last playoff spot in the AFC. And beware, the Chargers will make a lot of noise in the playoffs. They're a fantastic team with a good pass rush and a good quarterback. They slipped up against the Chiefs. I don't know that that's going to happen again. We're all worried about the Steelers and the Patriots. Watch out for the Chargers. If the Chargers make it into the playoffs, they will be very concerning for football teams. Last but not least, I am buying the 49ers this week. The 49ers are playing the Rams. And for some reason, for some ridiculous and silly reason, people are picking the Rams to win this game. If you're picking the Rams, you are uninformed. You are stupid and wrong. Do you not realize the Rams are resting their starters? Like, what world do you live on? You're going to pick Sean Mannion, the backup quarterback for the Rams, to beat the red-hot 49ers? Let's be honest. Even if the Rams were playing their starters, I might still pick the 49ers because the 49ers are absolutely on fire. I'm buying the 49ers, the red-hot 49ers, to beat the Rams on Sunday. That is what is going to go down. So here's who's going to make the playoffs who are kind of on the fence. The Seahawks will make the playoffs. The Ravens will make the playoffs. The Chargers will make the playoffs. And again, the 49ers are going to win and might not only win, but might annihilate the Rams. This has been NFL buy or sell. Uh, If you're looking for some entertainment on Sunday, keep your eyes on the Eagles and Cowboys game. That is because of Nick Foles. So a couple weeks ago, the starting quarterback for the Eagles, Carson Wentz, went down with a torn ACL. And right now, the Eagles are sitting pretty. They are atop the NFC. They have a bye next week, uh, but they have their backup quarterback playing. They might be the, not the worst, but maybe the the word is maybe vulnerable, the most vulnerable uh, first place team we've seen in a long time in the NFL playoffs because their backup quarterback is playing. Now, I like Nick Foles. Nick Foles has been pretty self-aware in interviews after games. He says, look, I struggled. I need to play better. But the truth is, even though you're self-aware, even though you know you have problems, Nick Foles struggled against the terrible Raiders pass defense. The Raiders are awful against the pass. They have a terrible secondary. And yet Nick Foles still really struggled against them. So I'm worried. I'm worried about Nick Foles. Here's what you want to keep your eye on on Sunday between the Eagles and the Cowboys. How much does Nick Foles play? And will Nick Foles turn a corner? Will Nick Foles have some success and look like a viable quarterback against the Cowboys? Because who knows? They might rest their starters eventually. But because you have a bye week coming up, I would play Nick Foles for a couple series. Get the offense in rhythm before you just take Nick Foles out of the game. So I think it may not be interesting late because the Cowboys aren't in the playoffs. Eagles already have their spot secured. But early in the game, between the Cowboys and Eagles, that could be a good game. And remember, the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs, but they're healthy and they're angry. So watch for the Eagles and the Cowboys on Sunday to be a good and interesting football game. All right, I want to talk. uh, We have two more things I want to talk about. We're going to talk briefly about my favorite football. Here's why I didn't do a podcast on Thursday. I got back late last night and I had the podcast pretty much all written. But I wanted to wait and talk about the Washington State Bowl game 
on this podcast. Washington State last night played Michigan State in the Holiday Bowl. And here's what happened. Here's my reaction, my breakdown to the game. We've seen the same thing from the Cougs all year. Washington State got dominated physically. Not a problem. We just This is what happens. Washington State is not one of the best, most physical dominating teams in college football, and definitely not in the Pac-12. So look, that's what happened. Michigan State dominated Washington State physically at the point of attack. And another, another little thought about this game was I usually side with officials. I pretty much always take the side of officials. However, I was watching this game last night, Washington State versus Michigan State, and it felt weird. It felt like the calls that were not made, the, the, the ones that were no calls that were, I was like, hey, wasn't that a penalty? And there was no penalty. Those seemed to benefit Michigan State. And the calls that were made seemed to hurt Washington State. I'm talking about pass interferences and holding calls, yada, yada. It, I felt like it lacked a lot of consistency, which is something I struggled with, something a lot of people on Twitter were angry about. Um, but then I talked to a friend of mine who's a ref. He refs a lot of football games, and he, he pointed this out to me, the style of play. Michigan State and Washington State play very, very different types of football. Michigan State's a power running team. They, they run the ball up the middle very often. That's how they got a ton of success and how they had a ton of success against the Cougs last night. In contrast, Washington State throws the ball all the time, and that is where a lot of their penalties seem to incur. The refs' style of calling penalties seem to benefit Michigan State. And in fact, it hurt Washington State because they played very different styles of football. Michigan State benefited from the play calling, while Washington State did not. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I would have loved to see more consistency. I, I thought that was interesting. I talked to a friend of mine. He said, look, the style of play makes a big difference when you are calling a game. And that's why it looked like the refs were calling game, the game against Washington State. The next question is, hey, Washington State fans. Are you satisfied? Are you happy? Is nine and four enough? I, I had a conversation last night. A guy was like, hey, well, look, nine and four is better than four and nine. Let's be honest about this. A 10-win season wins a lot means a lot more to Michigan State than it does to Washington State. Last year, Mark D'Antonio, the Michigan State head coach, was on the hot seat. It looked like he was gonna get fired. They went three and nine. He was in trouble. This year he turned around the program and went 10 and 3. Look, that win meant a lot more to Michigan State. They care more about football. When I'm happy. We had nine wins. It's a good season, but we didn't get 10 wins. And when? how long is it going to be until we care about winning 10 games? Right now, I don't think we should be greedy. I think as Washington State fans, we should say, look, hey, the, the dark days are over. <laughs> it was really bad for years and years and years. We never went 0-12 like the Huskies did. But it's been really bad before. We should be grateful that we're having good seasons. We're making bowl games. But at what point should we start to question Mike Leach and say, hey, can we turn a corner or what? Again, I don't think we're there yet. But I have to ask you, again, are you satisfied? At what point should we start demanding more from Mike Leach? We're not there yet. But in a couple years, if we don't start winning more games and win a Pac-12 championship or doing something, I don't know. What are we doing? We're grateful now. Come talk to me in two or three years when we have another nine-win season and don't win our bowl game. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm not saying I don't like Mike Leach. In fact, I love Mike Leach. Mike Leach is my favorite coach in all of college football. And I think it's, again, still too early to start demanding for more. But at some point, when we've had a bunch of nine-win seasons in a row, it might be time to say, hey, look, we got to win another game. we got to win 10 games. We're not there yet. 
we're not there at all yet. But we saw Mark Richt get fired from Georgia, a firing I thought that was unjust. Right? I think we should be grateful. It's been awful in the past. But I'm just pointing out, I'm not saying I'll never be this way, but it's very possible that eventually Washington State fans will begin to be ungrateful for the good seasons they are having and say, hey, Mike Leach, can we win more games or what? Why aren't we winning Pac-12 championships? Why aren't we winning our bowl games? Again, we're not there yet, but that time is coming. Come talk to me in two or three years. I want to start a new segment. This is a new segment I'm calling the SOS Update. Uh, I'm doing this because... A lot of people don't, I say a lot of things that are important and relevant to the show, like little news pieces, housekeeping items, yada, yada, and not everybody listens to the full podcast. So this way I can break it out onto a short video, put it on YouTube so everyone can hear the news about the show that you need to have updated in you. I'm not going to do this every episode, but maybe every couple episodes or whatever it is. I'm going to do another one on Monday, for example. Uh, A lot of people are criticizing the background. Okay. I hope it's very clear. I'm sorry. I'm a college student and I'm home for winter break. This right here, this is the absolute best I can do. I know you guys got mad. There were boxes behind me last week. That's fine. I understand. Just be aware. I, I'm not I'm not making money off this yet. I'm still in its infancy. So, hey, as the show grows, as Strong Opinion Sports grows, the production value will get better. The show will look and sound better. But right now, I'm a college student working out of either my bedroom or a dorm room. This is the best I can do right now. And I hope it's clear, you know, ultimately, even as the show grows, even as the show gets better, don't forget what I'm saying is the most important part of these videos. The background, the background doesn't matter. The wall behind me has no impact on what I'm saying about sports. And that is the most important part of these videos. Yes, the back end will get better. Again, as I turn this into a company, as we make more and more profit in this, well, I don't make any profit yet, but as, as the show grows... The production value is going to look and sound better. But right now, I will do the very best I can. But remember, that wall does not matter. Second, I learned a big lesson on Christmas. Um, Next year, I'm going to make a podcast. Well, probably not next year. Next year is Tuesday. But I wish I'd made a podcast this year on Christmas. So in two years from now, 2019 Christmas is on a Wednesday. I will make a show on Wednesday. I might take the Wednesday. I may take Monday before or Friday off after but because I want to be around my family. But I'm going to work on Christmas as often as I can. Days like that. Those are my days to make a difference. So remember, this is a the holidays are a time of year where a lot of people take time off of podcasts. That's my chance to grow the audience. When everyone else takes a day off, if I work, hey, that's a day where like, hey, who's on? Oh, Zach Schellner made a podcast. He's the only person talking about sports today. I promise you in the future. On big days, on holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas, Thanksgiving's a Thursday, but big important holidays, I like New Year's, I'm, I'm working on New Year's Day because I believe that's an opportunity to help grow the show. So in the future, on big holidays, I will not take a day off. I'll take a day off maybe after Christmas, but not the day of Christmas. I want to give you guys content on days when other people are not making content. Uh, the last little order of housekeeping, little bit of news is that Monday's a big, huge day. On Monday, it's, it's Black Monday. A lot of NFL coaches will be fired, and there are a ton of bowl games. We're going to talk about the coaches being fired and the bowl games next Wednesday. Monday's show is going to be about the things that are happening this weekend in sports. Monday, I'm not going to try. I'm going to get my show. I'm going to hopefully do it early, like at 10 in the morning on Monday. So if coaches get fired Sunday morning, Sunday night or Monday morning, great. But anything after when I record on Monday is stuff we'll talk about on Wednesday. So just be prepared. 
The news stories from Monday are going to be on Wednesday's show, probably not Mondays. Remember, my name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, coming to Google Play soon, coming to Spotify very soon. I'm very excited. You can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best and most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. This is my favorite thing I do. I love it so much. I'm very proud of it. We're growing like wild, like like a wildfire. It's crazy. It's it's growing very rapidly. Our subscribers have almost doubled in the last week. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I'm so very excited. We were at 169 interesting number uh, subscribers this morning. We're probably higher now. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I am so very excited. Remember, my name is Alex Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening, and have a great day, everybody.